It's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. So let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. We're going to get into more of what I call the applicable parts or the applicable, applicable revelation of what we like to call the authority of the believer. Everybody say the authority of the believer. Then say, I'm a believer. Aren't you glad you have authority? Now, you know, for many years, the church was ignorant of a lot of this. It's actually been in the last, except for a few men and women that were really students of the Word of God. It's just been in the past 50 years or so that men and women have discovered that they have authority. And when we talk about authority, we're talking about in the realm of the Spirit. Everybody say in the Spirit. Now, a lot of people would ask, well, Pastor, what difference does that make? I mean, you know, the spirit realm, I mean, you know, I'm not even sure if it's even out there. I don't even know. I just, you know, I believe in Jesus and believe in heaven. But, but, but is there really any relevance uh, to the spirit realm in my life? Well, here's something you must understand. Our entire lives, every day, 24 hours a day, are affected by the spirit realm. The unseen realm is actually a greater reality than the seen realm. People don't understand that, but if you do get an understanding of that, then you'll see why some things are the way they are and why some things are not the way they are not. You say, why is that? Because of what goes on in the spirit realm. There is an unseen realm. In that unseen realm, there are beings that are operating. I thank God the Holy Ghost is in the unseen realm and operates there and brings natural manifestation of God into the seen realm. There are angels, There's an ang- there are angelic beings in the unseen realm. Doing the work of God, the Bible says, they're given to us that are heirs of salvation. I want my angels working for me. I said, I want my angels working for me. They respond to the word of God in your life. As you speak the word, stand on the word, your angels get active. You know, uh, we just took the offering. You know, your angels get active. When you tithe and offer, angels get active working in the natural realm to help bring finances into your life. Amen? Uh, there's also in that same realm a, a demonic force. That demonic force, very active after the fall of man. The Bible calls Satan himself the God of this world. Uh, this world is not talking about the planet. The planet Earth belongs to God and has been given to man. But the devil is literally the God or the ruler of this cosmos, of the system, this world system. Have you ever noticed how corrupt the world system is? I mean, I was, I was listening to something the other day. I had to turn it off. I mean, it, it, it was just uh, 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 very alarming. And it was talking about uh, our nation and economic trends in our nation And when I was talking about the debt of our nation and how much debt our nation has, self-imposed debt upon us. And if something is not done about the debt, about how this debt, it increases by this enormous amount of money every day. And it would be one thing to pay it off. But this this particular uh, program was saying, we need to stop it before we can pay it off. You see what I'm saying? It says we need to stop incurring this debt on a daily basis. Now, You have to understand that all that stuff 
is motivated. It all comes from the spirit realm is where it comes from. Uh, we see things that go on, uh, trends in, in, in medicine. You know, uh, uh, the flu virus gets loose in an area. Different viruses get loose. That's all demonically inspired. In cities, there are things that go on uh, that are demonically inspired. You go to a city like Las Vegas. You go to a city, uh, you know, in which there's a lot of uh, sin that goes on. There are demon principalities and powers that operate in those cities. Amen? Now, the church many times busies itself with trying to defeat those entities, not realizing they're already defeated. And that the church has authority, that's good news. But you also, as an individual believer, you have authority. Everybody say, I have authority. Now, in your own individual life, most of the demonic activity that you will experience in your life comes against your mind. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, there are times when the enemy will try and attack your mind, and it's like some kind of conveyor belt of thought is going through. You know, if you get into some crisis in life, you've got a financial crisis, a physical crisis, something going on in your job or your business. It's this constant parade of thought into your mind. It's literally an oppression. Everybody say oppression, which means to press down upon. The enemy knows how to oppress your mind. If you have anything physically going on in your body. I mean, I, I fought some things in my body before over the years. And I'm telling you, there were some times where the devil, he kept telling me, you're going to die. That ever happened to anybody in here? You're going to die. You're going to die. And I kept telling him, no, the Bible says with a long life, long life. God's going to satisfy me and show him his. See, I had to oppose that. I had to come against that. I had to release the authority of God against that. Thank God God has given us that authority. Amen. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, we've got several scriptures we need to get to today so we can begin to apply these things in our life. Ephesians 6. Let me get over there real quick. Ephesians chapter 6, look at verse 12 there. Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we wrestle not, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, now, Amplified says it like this, For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the despotism, against the powers, against master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in, heavenly, in the heavenly supernatural sphere. You know, I was, uh, this week I was reminded of a story that our pastors years ago that we uh, first came into this walk back in the 60s, uh, mom and dad began to attend Brother and Sister J.R. Goodwin's church in Pasadena, Texas. They pastored there from the, the mid-50s into the mid-70s. Now, before they came to Pasadena, Texas, they were in Gladewater, Texas. They were Assembly of God pastors. And they went into a building there and began to uh, uh, pastor this church. And, and, and Brother uh, uh, Kenneth E. Hagan, who's somebody we follow after, and Brother Goodwin both testified that this was the hardest church they ever preached in. Brother Goodwin made the statement that he would get up and preach and stand behind the pulpit. And he said, I had the feeling that my words were coming out my mouth and falling flat on the ground. That nobody in the auditorium was hearing anything that I said. So Brother Goodwin decided to fast and pray. And he went on a fast. 
And seven days into his fast, he was laying uh, uh, with his back on the platform right behind the pulpit, looking up into the rafters, those old churches, those old Assembly of God churches, they were all built after the same pattern all over Texas. And they had rafters up in those buildings. And he looked up in those rafters and he saw a spirit being. He said it looked kind of like a baboon. It said it had kind of like a baboon body, but its facial features were more of a human feature. And he said when he saw that thing up there, he knew immediately that's a demon. That's a power. That's something that's in this building, and it's causing this ministry not to be able to function. So he called that thing down. He said, in the name of Jesus, come out of there. Come down, off that, come down out of that ceiling. He said that thing just swung down like a monkey would swing out of a tree and landed right in the middle of the two rows of the church, of the seats being on one side, pews on one side, pews on the other. He said, now in the name of Jesus, you're going to have to leave. Now he's seen this in the spirit realm. Actually, a gift of the Spirit is an operation, discerning of spirits. He said, he said, in the name of Jesus, you're going to have to leave. He said, now this thing never spoke to him, but it turned to his, and looked at with this expression on his face, I don't want to leave. And he said, you're going to have to leave. And see, he said, he walked him down the aisle and out the door, and he said, get out of here and never come back onto this property again. He said he watched this thing run down the street and run into a honky-tonk. That's what they called them back then, a beer joint called the Green Lantern. He said he ran into the Green He said the next night, the Green Lantern burnt to the ground. He said the next Sunday morning when he got up to preach, he said, I never experienced such a liberty in the church. Brother Hagin came back to hold a revival, and after two nights, Brother, Brother Goodwin came to him and said, Brother Hagin, you notice anything different in the church? He said, it's like day and night. He said, what do you mean, day and night? He said, literally the first time I came and preached a revival in your church, he said, I felt like my words came out of my mouth and just fall on the ground. He said, here I feel like I have perfect liberty. He said, they had wonderful meeting, gifts of the Spirit in operation. People were saved, and many families were added to the church. Well, God had to show him that. He had to show him. He said, well, is there any demon forces like that around here? Sure they are. That's why we pray. That's why we take authority over them. That's why we make decisions in the Word of God to live right. You know, people say, well, if we've got the authority or we've got the power, why don't we just bind up all the devils and have revival? Because anywhere people are willing to cooperate with demon forces, demon forces have the right to be there. Amen? But we're in a wrestling match. We're not in a warfare. Notice it doesn't say warfare. Now remember what a warfare is. A warfare is a conflict with an undetermined outcome. You know, I was, I was watching a documentary on the History Channel. Uh, no, it was, uh, I've got a, a channel called the Smithsonian. Does you know, some of y'all have that called the Smithsonian Channel? And it was called The End of World War II. And it talked about how after Germany had surrendered, we had fought a horrific battle in the Pacific on an island called Okinawa. Our casualties uh, killed in action were 14,000 men. A, a horrible battle. Went on for months. We were faced with the invasion of Japan. War, the war was still raging. Uh, the, uh, those that prognosticated and did the, uh, did the numbers on, on, on warfare and battle, which they were very experienced because we'd been in war for three years, said that probably our casualties on the, in the invasion of the, uh, of, the, of the actual nation of Japan would be a million men. Some of us probably wouldn't even be here today if that would have happened. 
Our our grandfathers or our great-grandfathers would have probably died in that battle and we wouldn't even be here today. But see, there was not a determined outcome yet. But thank God, everybody say thank God, that God had given some ideas and some insights and, and gave somebody enough wherewithal and they dropped two bombs on Japan and the war was over. And it saved no matter how, no matter, no, no telling how many million of Japanese it saved and no telling how many millions of, of, of uh, Americans it saved. But all of a sudden, the undetermined outcome was determined. And, and Japan surrendered. I got good news in the spirit realm. There was an undetermined outcome for centuries and eons. But one day on a rugged cross... Jesus Christ died and went down into the very seat of authority of hell itself. And the Bible says he spoiled principalities and powers and he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And he got the victory and he gave it to us. Amen. But that doesn't mean that we don't wrestle. Because there's always something trying to pull the blessing of God, the revelation of God, and the goodness of God out of your life. You have to understand that or else you won't be involved. Now, I went and did a study of the word wrestle, and, and so much of it had to do with the, with the sport of wrestling. But as I went through the different definitions, I was able to glean some things that might help us today understand what's going on. To wrestle means to engage with force. Everybody say engage with force. Now, if we didn't have any authority, we could not engage the spirit realm with any force. But thank God we have authority in the name of Jesus. Amen. It says to struggle, a violent and determined struggle, uh, to combat an opposing, to combat an opposing entity or force. Now listen, there's no warfare we need to conduct to to destroy the devil or demon powers. That's already done. Literally, who we are, and I've seen it like this for years, and unless the Lord changes it, I'm going to continually see it like this. We are literally. Law enforcing agents on this planet. We're not, not, not physical, not physical like the police officers that drive the, the cruisers and wear the badges and the guns. We are spiritually equipped to go into the spirit realm and enforce the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus against the law of spirit, uh, of, the law of spirit and death. Amen? You say, what do you mean by that? If that law does not get enforced, then the law of death is going to operate. But if someone will rise up and enforce the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, then the reality of life in Christ Jesus is going to manifest. God puts that responsibility on us because he gave us that authority. Now, let me say, it's kind of hard to do without going into the, and teaching on it. We may come back and teach on this in a little bit. Jesus walked on the earth, not as a God on the earth, but as a man on the earth in correct relationship to his God. And in so doing, now listen listen very carefully, in so doing, he demonstrated the authority of God. We're going to look at one little story here just in a moment. Now, in demonstrating the authority of God, it was recognized. Uh, People would say this about him. The words that he speaks have authority. You ever read that in the Gospels? I say the deeds that he did. How can he do that unless he has authority? He would cast out devils. 
He would heal the sick. He even raised the dead. He even had authority over death. Now, what's amazing about that is, is he was not operating in his deity. Now, let me say that again. He was not operating. Some people say, well, yeah, that's Jesus. You know, he's God. He's Lord. He came down on in the earth, and, and he was, you know, he can just do anything he wants to. That's not true. He did not begin to operate that way till he was 30 years old. Now, listen, he was much the, as much the son of God when he was two years old as he was when he rose from the dead. He was as much the son of God when he was 10 years old as he was when he died upon the cross. He was much the son of God when he was 20 years old as he was when he healed the woman with the issue of blood. He was much the son of God when he was 29 years old as he did when he healed the 10 lepers. But when he was 29, 28, 25, 18, 16, he did no mighty works because he had laid aside his deity to come down to the earth. Philippians chapter 2 talks about it. How he made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a servant, became made in the likeness of men, and was obedient even unto the death of the cross. Amen? But he, he got anointed. Everybody say anointed. When he went and submitted himself to the ministry of John the Baptist, in his baptism, the Spirit of God came on him. Let me try that again. Some of you are really going to get happy if you get that revelation. The Spirit of God came on him. I said the Spirit of God came on him. Now the good news is, because of his finished work, the Spirit of God now abides in you. And if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, the Spirit of God has come on you. And thank God for the ability to speak in an unknown language and pray in the Holy Ghost and prophesy. But there is an element of authority that has come on you. And you've got to recognize that authority. And you've got to walk in that authority. And you've got to operate in that authority. And you've got to get into that wrestling match. And you've got to wrestle your healing. You've got to wrestle your prosperity. You've got to get it away from that which is trying to hold it back from you. So much Christianity has fallen into passivity. It's passive. Where it just sits there. Well, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. I'm not like that, honey. I mean, I don't even like my dog to get sick. I mean, any assemblance of demonic activity in my life, I rise up in authority. I make a decision. Devil, you're not going to come into my home. You're not going to come into my church. You're not going to come into my finances. You're going to not come into my physical body. You say, well, has he ever done it? Sure he has. He will always try to come against you because his nature is criminal. But the good news is you have authority. In the spirit realm, you're the police officer. Amen? You know, it's amazing around here. Uh, I witnessed something. Oh, it's been a while back. We were uh, going somewhere, and we went around some traffic. And there was a little old bitty, I think she was a Galveston Sheriff's Department uh, 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 officer. She had on the brown uniform, you know, and the, and the belt. and, the, and the, uh, I think we're over in Bolivar. She was directing traffic. And, you know, in her own physical strength, she couldn't hold back a car. You could probably ease up with a golf cart and just push her over. Amen? I mean, she, there was nothing physically about her that was intimidating in any way, but she had on a badge. She had that patch on her shoulder. She had that gun in her holster. And I'm telling you, when she put her hands up, no matter how big that truck was or how many cars there were, that authority stopped the traffic 
And that authority let the traffic go. You say, why? Because we recognize that in the natural. And the same thing is true in the spiritual. Some of you just need to put your hand up and say, stop, devil, in the name of Jesus. Some of you just make a, need to make a decision. I am not going to allow this to operate in my life any longer. I'm going to take authority over it. Amen? So we wrestle not, everybody say, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, now go real quick, if you will. Let's see how we can go to Mark chapter 5. I want you to see something here. This, uh, we, we've got several weeks we can work on this, and I'm, I'm not in a hurry, so I, I want you to get some of this into your spirit. Let me just say this. This might help some of you. 1988, a pastor friend, and, uh, friend of mine and I went to the nation of Ireland. We didn't, know, didn't have any idea what we were getting into, had no idea what was uh, ahead of us in ministry there. And now, you know, some uh, almost, almost 30 years later, uh, I believe, God, we're fixing to uh, uh, start a church there. Isn't that cool? Praise God, we have missionaries out of our church there that are praying and believing God. And, and we'll probably not, uh, you know, in the next few years, uh, Island Church will be uh, directly involved in a church, a church plant over there. Now, when this pastor friend of mine and I went, that first trip, I'm telling you, getting off the airplane you could feel, op you could physically feel opposition. And, and we went around and held some meetings in the, in the remnants of, an, of a Catholic charismatic movement, some Catholic groups, some prayer groups. And we, know that, we knew that God wanted to raise up some strong Holy Ghost churches, which there are there today. We had a wonderful conference in April in one of them. And uh, uh, we, had, we had gone around some, some different uh, uh, places and uh, we ended up in a city that's right on the border of North and South Ireland. And in 1988, folks, I'm telling you, uh, up on that border and all around that northern region, uh, the IRA and the British government were going at each other, I mean, tooth and nail, like you say. I mean, there, there was explosions, there were gun battles, all that kind of stuff was going on. I mean, it, it was very violent. And so after a night meeting, the pastors spoke to us and said, you know, there's a place in our city called a high place. I said, a high place? What is a high place? They said, well, uh, they talked about back in Ireland's history about these uh, Druid-type people and their demonic activity, and they would build these castles, and they would build them in such a way uh, that, that, that they were all over the nation, and they would use them where you could shout from one castle to another, and this is the way these wicked, uh, these wicked men would keep control over the population the people. And they said, now there's one in our city, and it's been rumored that in that city that there's several witch covens that go up there and do their, do their thing up there, you know, worship the devil, do all that kind of stuff. They said, would you, would, you, would you guys like to go up there? We were like, yeah, take us up there. And I tell you, it, it, was, it was quite an experience. I'll never forget, they were, they were in a nice vehicle. And when we drove up, it was this little winding road. Everything was dark as it could be. We drove up there. The car just cut off just like that. They tried to start it. It wouldn't even start. I was like, woo, you know. <laughs> so you had to walk up this hill. And so we started walking up this hill. And I'm telling you, as we walked up, it physically felt like something was pushing down on us. 
I mean, pushing down, pushing down, pushing down. And so we just kept going. We just kept going. We got up to that top of the hill, and we just started praying in tongues. And for about 30 minutes, this pastor, myself, and a pastor and his wife, we just got up there and prayed in the Holy Ghost, just prayed in the Spirit, prayed in the Spirit. And then all of a sudden, it just felt like something broke. I mean, just broke. And when it broke, I'm telling you, the glory of God came down upon that place. Upon that place right there. And we begin to shout. We begin to praise God. And the pastor that I was with began to turn back to the south of Ireland and begin to prophesy. And begin to prophesy churches into existence. Begin to try prophesy ministries. None of this had happened there yet. We begin to speak the word of God. But something was broken upon that hill because somebody went up there and took authority over it. Amen. And by the way, we came down, got in the car, and it started. Amen. We drove off. You say, well, why don't we do that here? We've already done it. You say, what do you mean we've already done it? We've already done it before we ever started Island Church. We spent months over at my house on 32nd Street praying, interceding, and saying, no, devil, you're not going to stop what God desires to do on Galveston Island. Hurricanes aren't going to stop it. Mardi Gras is not going to stop it. Nothing on this, nothing on this island is going to stop it. In the name of Jesus, we bind you. And because of that, we were able to start the church. Well, we keep on wrestling. We wrestled our way out of the hotel ballrooms and over into a little building on, a building on 45th Street. We kept on wrestling, and we wrestled our way out of 45th Street onto 69th Street. We kept on wrestling, and God gave us land over there across from the Justice Center, and we're going to keep on wrestling till that building gets built. And then when that building gets built, we're really going to start wrestling. And we're going to wrestle hundreds and thousands of people out of darkness into the kingdom of God. You say, why? Because we have the authority. Now, now, notice Mark chapter 5. Let's, let's look at Jesus for just a minute. I love to look at Jesus. Amen. Verse 1 says, They came over unto the other side of the sea into a country of the Gadarenes. Everybody say Gadarenes. When he was come out of, ship, out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Everybody say unclean spirit. Now, let me just say this. There's so much demonic activity in the earth today that's unrecognized. The church doesn't recognize it anymore. A church just thinks, well, that's just the way it is. No, it's not the way it is. Uh, there are people locked away in our asylums that need to be delivered. There are people uh, that are bound with drug addiction. Much of that is spiritual. It's demonic. Alcohol addiction. There are people in, in, in lifestyles that, that go against nature. Can I get a better amen than that? That are demonic. They have, a demo they have a demonic stronghold in their life that somebody needs to break that and somebody needs to stand against that. Now immediately notice, Jesus, he, he, he's, he, he comes out of the ship. He's over there on the gatherings. And immediately there met him a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit. Who had, now notice this. Who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. This man was manifesting something supernatural. Now, if you take and bind a man with chains and fetters and he breaks them, that's not natural, church. I said, that's not natural, that's supernatural. Now, listen. If the adversary can manifest itself supernaturally in the realm of the earth, what makes you think God can't? Now, the reason there is such manifestation of Satan 
in the earth today that is demonic is people's willingness to cooperate with him. Now, anytime, listen, anytime we see these events that take place, somebody goes rogue with a gun and, and whether it's terrorist or whatever it is, go and shoot up a, shoot up a school or, or shoot up a business or something, that's demonic. Somebody take a, a, a car or a vehicle and run it through the crowd, that's demonic. I said, that's demonic. That's why we pray against those things. We stand against them. Did you know we do that? In our schools, every year we pray in the name of Jesus. Devil, you're not, you're not going to have some incident over at Ball High School. You're not going to have an incident in some of our junior highs. You're not going to have some type of incident in any of our schools. We, we speak against it. We take authority over it. I got a child at high school. I don't want somebody going there and shooting that place up. Because if somebody were headed over there to do it, he's doing it under the influence of a demonic force. Can I get a better amen than that? So we must understand these demonic forces, when they come into being, they come into being supernaturally. There's a supernatural manifestation of them. And they'll do everything they can do. Now notice this. This is, this is a good point. Demonic powers manifest in order to carry out the ministry of Satan. Now, what is the ministry of Satan? John 10, 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Everybody say that. Steal, kill, and destroy. Anytime you see something killed, stealed, or destroyed in the earth, I know there's, you know, there's things that happen, and, but I'm telling you, most of the time, it's Satan. I remember in 2004, I remember it because it was mom and dad's 50th wedding anniversary. We had gone to the King Ranch deer hunting. We're on the way home, and they had that horrific tsunami that came through Indonesia. They said there was a quarter of a million people just wiped off the earth. That's demonic, church. These hurricanes. Have you ever noticed they give hurricanes a name? They give them an entity. It's not natural for our weather pattern to spin counterclockwise out of control. Amen? But you know, these things come off of Africa and they come out into the Atlantic Ocean and they gain power. And you ever notice what gives them power? People talking about them. Amen. It's amazing how, the, how, how when a storm gets into the Gulf, even this past week we had that little storm that popped up and wasn't much to it. We got a little rain out of it, a little bit of surf, wasn't much to it. But listen, I could sense there was a palpable fear. What's going to happen? Oh, there's a storm in the Gulf. Oh my goodness. Never do that. We do it here. We take authority over them. We've had so many testimonies over the years of storms that have risen up, and we said, in the name of Jesus. He said, well, what about Ike? Well, I don't know what about Ike. It hit, and God supernaturally recovered us. But I'm telling you, there was been a multitude, others of them, that did not. We were up in Huntsville, Texas, Jeff and Eileen Hackelman's church, Faith Family Church. And there was a Category 4 hurricane off of Vermilion Parish, Louisiana. Now, now the, 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 the problem with that is my mother-in-law at the time was still alive and her family lived in Abbeville in Vermilion Parish. And we, we just did not want a Cat 4 hurricane to hit at Momo's house. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I got up to preach and, and right there in the middle of that service, the Lord get put an unction in me to pray against that storm. And it was funny how it came out of me because the Spirit of God in you knows how to pray against these things. 
And it came out of me. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command that wind from the west, that dry, cool wind to hit the top of that storm and cause it to die. Well, we came home that night on a Thursday, uh, Wednesday night. We came home because it was close enough for us to drive home. We came home and I got up on Thursday morning and it was one of those beautiful tropical mornings. The wind was blowing out of the north. I could hear the surf breaking. I knew my day was set. It was, amen. And I had gotten uh, up at the, uh, 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 Leah had gotten up and gotten the day going and, and I'd got my boy, I was headed for the beach and my dad called me. And he said, uh, his law partner at the time was Mayor Pro Tem over in, 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 in Texas City, Carlos Garza. He said, I got a strange phone call from the Coast Guard last night about four o'clock in the morning. And, and dad said, well, what was it? He said, they said they were watching the radar and something flashed over the top of that storm. And the wind began to blow from the west and just dismantled that storm. When that storm went on the coast of Vermilion Parish, it wasn't even a hurricane. It was a minimal tropical storm. It reduced from a Cat 4 hurricane to a minimal tropical storm in almost 10 hours. You say, why? Somebody took authority over it. We, we were in Hawaii in 1998, and we had, this was kind of the pinnacle of a revival we had been in for many years over there. We had six churches in operation. We had four pastors with us that were going over there. We had a great group of people that were going, and we got there, and we had, several, uh, we had services scheduled in one church on, on Wednesday night, the next church on Thursday night, and then on Friday night and Saturday morning and Saturday night, we had a big rally of all the churches on the Waianae Coast at the Ihilani Hotel hotel. Five or six hundred people came. Beautiful choir came. It was, just, it was just awesome. When we showed up there, guess what's sitting off the coast of the big island? A hurricane. We're like, man. So we were at Pastor Joe and Yvonne Salise's church, Shield of Faith. We got up on that Wednesday night, about 300 people in there, and we began to pray. And we begin to bind that thing. And we begin to speak to the name of it. We said, in the name of Jesus, you begin to dissipate. You begin to leave. And I'll never forget, on Friday night, getting ready to go to the service, the weather forecaster in, in, in Honolulu on TV said, I've, we've never seen this phenomenon before. We've never seen a hurricane. We've always seen them come up, come over the top of the islands, because it was forecasted to be right on top of us on Friday. We've seen them come up, come over the top of the island chain, or come up and miss the island chain over the top. But we've never seen them go straight north into the Aleutian Islands. And this storm had gone straight north into the Aleutian Islands. As we left, Lee and I stayed over for, for three days after the meeting for a little rest and recreation, and, and the... the uh, the hotel is a Marriott owned by Mormons. And there was a Mormon executive there, and he was walking around the property with our, with our friend that, that would set up our, our, our meetings there, uh, uh, Kevin Ching. He was uh, uh, the manager of the Elani Hotel. And so they walked up to us, both of them dressed in suits, and, you know, we're dressed in beachwear. And he said, because we were having that meeting in the ballroom, and they could hear us worshiping God and thanking God for what had happened to that storm. And so Kevin, with this real serious look on his face, looked at me and said, Y'all had something to do with that hurricane turning. And I didn't hesitate. I said, yes, we did. He punched that Mormon executive in the shoulder and said, I told you they did. <laughs> Amen. Well, it's because we took authority. We've got to learn to take authority over storms in our life. Not just the natural storms, but the spiritual storms that try to come against us. Now, real quick, real quick, I have to close with this. It says, always day and night he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, 
He ran and worshiped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou, tor that thou tormentest me not. He said unto him, Come out of the man. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thy unclean spirit. He asked him, What is thy name? He answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send him away out of the country. Now there were nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. All and all, notice this, and all of the devils besought him. I wonder what that sounded like. Saying, send us into the swine that we may enter unto them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine and the herd ran valiantly down a steep place into the sea and there were about 2,000 and they were choked in the sea. Now, let me say this in closing. This may help some of you. Demonic powers are spiritual entities looking for an expression in the natural realm. Now, in this story right here about Jesus and the, the madman at Gadara the, or, 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 or the, uh, 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 the Gadarenes demoniac, however you want to talk about him, we see some things about the demonic realm. Number one, they seek embodiment. Now, there is a realm of unembodiment in which they can mess with you. That's called oppression. But they seek embodiment in either humanity or in the animal realm. Have any of you ever seen that movie, The Ghost in the Darkness? Now, that, that's a true story. Did you know that? Those lions are actually in the Museum of Natural History in Chicago, Illinois. Now, what's amazing, when I watched that movie the first time, I went, oh, my God. Because when they talked about these, these were two male lions, which male lions don't run together. See, demonic forces always take you outside the natural order of things. Secondly, they operated in the daytime and the nighttime. They were both nocturnal and operated when lions aren't like that. And they were hunters when actually in a pride of lions, the hunters are the females. Amen. And I noticed one of the first people they killed, did you know who it was? It was the missionary. They ripped his throat out. Now, they had fought a big battle. Uh, I think they said there was 130. Those lions killed 136 people. That's demonic, especially when you got people with guns hunting them. But finally, finally, they shot them and killed them, and, and that whole ordeal was over, and they were able to get that bridge built. It's depicted in the movie. Actually, the book is better than the movie. Now, that was a true demonic manifestation in animals. Now, in this man, notice, he was possessed by a demon. Everybody say, a demon. But a bunch of other demons come in was hanging out with that one demon. There's many of them in there. Now, notice this. Number one, they had the ability to communicate. Everybody say, communicate. You got to know when a devil's talking. Amen. Now, a lot of people say, well, you know, somebody says, that's just a devil talking. Now, you got to understand. It's easy to tell when your adversary is speaking. Because he always speaks in line with that which comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Remember, that's his ministry. Also, in the demonic realm, there was the ability for those demons to reason. A reasoning ability. Not only that, obviously, they have memory. Both memory of the past and a recollection of the future. Are you going to torment us before the time? See what I'm saying? 
So these are intellectual beings. They have intellectual ability. You have to understand. Listen, it's so, uh, it's so strange that Christianity has so little information on that which opposes them. I mean, if we, were, if we were not a church this morning, if we were a company of, of intelligent officers in some military operation, we would be studying our enemy. We would probe its weaknesses. We would look at its strengths, and we would determine the best way to defeat it. Why doesn't the church do that? Many churches today don't even believe the devil exists. Let me tell you, he's out there, honey. And so are the demon powers, so are the principalities, so are the powers. But this is what I want you to see this morning. They got into the swine, and what did the swine do? The swine ran violent. The swine destroyed themselves. What is that? That's the ministry of the devil. Seek to steal, kill, and destroy. In the swine, there was no restraint. Amen? The purpose of your adversary is destruction. But you have... There's even natural human restraint called willpower. Obviously, or that man would have been dead. That, those demons would have done the same thing to that man that they did to them pigs. And that have found them someone else to get into. You understand what I'm saying? But obviously, there was some willpower in that man to, to, to maintain himself and keep himself alive. That means there's some things the devil couldn't make him do, even though he was possessed which was bore out years later by a tremendous pastor that we knew, a minister that we knew named Dr. Lester Summerall, who literally ministered deliverance to a woman in a prison in the Philippines, which caused revival to break out all over the Philippines. She was so possessed by the adversary that the adversary, that those demons would bite her and leave bite marks and saliva, and she would grab a hold of them, and nobody could see them, and she would come back with hair in her hands. And they would just study that hair under microscopes and say it was from an undetermined source. Couldn't determine where it was from. But Brother Summerall went in there and in the name of Jesus cast that devil out. And that woman lived for God till the day she died. Amen. Amen. And when he walked into the, that, that prison the first time to address that demon, he talked to her. He, that demon talked to him in English and that woman didn't know a word of English. First thing she said was this, I hate you. Then she said, I hate all robbers. Three different times I've heard people say, or dress demons, they'd say, boy, all robbers must have been tearing up some devils at the time. Amen. <laughs> well, I, you say, what point are you trying to make? The point I'm trying to make is no matter how strong a manifestation of the demonic may be, we have authority. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Your mother-in-law is not your problem. Your boss in your problem. Your next door neighbor in your problem. But there are unseen forces, principalities, powers, dominions, and they manifest, well, I'm telling you, sickness and disease. Some of you right now are battling. You've gotten a report from the doctor about your digestive system, about your lungs, about your heart, about your blood, about something in your body. And the boys of the Bible say about, about Jesus, Acts 10, 30, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good and healing all that were what? Oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. I'm telling you, that, 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 that sickness in your body, those people say, well, I'm just aging. I'm just getting a little older. I'm just, parts are just wearing out. You don't have to be like that. Take authority over that in the name of Jesus and tell the devil, get out of my body. Be specific. Get out of my heart. Get out of my lungs. Get out of my body in the name of Jesus. 
in your finances. That's where the enemy many times will attack you. He'll just get in there and mess everything up. I mean, it'll look like everything from your, you know, from your car will break down to your, your uh, 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 appliances will break down to, you know, next thing you know, the, 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 the government wants more tax money, insurance rates go up. You think, what is going on here? Tell the devil, no, I'm not going to cooperate with your stinking poverty. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, let me close with this. We're going to study these things, first of all, so that we can understand the adversary. Then we're going to study our victory and correct application of the Word of God. You say, why? There's power in the Word over every devil and over Satan himself. Secondly, the power in the name of Jesus. Because at the name of Jesus, the Bible says, every knee must bow of things in heaven, earth, and under the earth. Third, the power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Spirit of God that abides in you and upon you. You are so equipped. I said, you are so equipped. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. Hallelujah. Yes, you are. You are so equipped by my word, by my spirit, and in the name of the one who has gained the victory for you. But you must have knowledge of it, and you must have faith that it operates and works according to the word of God. For there is an adversary that would rise up against you and seek to destroy you. But as you understand his ways, as you understand how he operates, you will find him out in every dark corner. You will see him as he operates in different areas and you will stand and take authority and you will see instantaneous deliverance and freedom come into your life. So don't pull back, but draw in to this information for it will save your life and bless your life and cause your family to be delivered and cause you to walk in the victory that has been supplied for you in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, lift your hands and receive that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord God. Now, let me just say this and then we'll dismiss. If you're here today, the Lord dropped this in my spirit and I'm not gonna have you come up front. I'm just gonna have you stand. One of the first areas you can begin to see demonic activity against you is in the realm of fear. The enemy always tries to get, get believers into out of faith, everybody say out of faith, and into fear. Now, now, the Bible says in 1 Timothy, it says God has not given us, or 2 Timothy, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, I don't know if, if, if fear is an entity, but you know where it says a spirit of fear, you know, that, that you get into a place, you can, you can, it just saturates the atmosphere. But the good news is, no matter what it may be, we have authority over it. God hadn't given that to you. But I know in my spirit that there are several here this morning that you're dealing with fear. It's like it's trying to come upon you. Some of you have some issues that are going on, which the enemy's literally trying to get you to get into fear. Some of you, there's no reason at all. You're just going through life, and yeah, there's some, you've got some problems, but there's really not anything any more major than you faced before. 
you're standing in faith, believing God, but it's like a it's like a, a spirit of fear is trying to get on you. But the good news is, is we have authority over that. But if that's you this morning, I want you to stand up right now. I want you to stand up. I'm going to pray over you. And I'm going to believe God that that spirit's going to be broken over you this morning. And you're not going to leave here today with that fear tormenting your mind any longer. Amen. Is this everybody? Anybody else need to stand real quick? Praise God. Thank, don't be afraid. We've all faced these things. Amen. Now lift your hands. Everybody in the congregation, lift your hands. Father, now in the name of Jesus, you said we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That there is this this. this wrestling match going on in the realm of the spirit but father we're your children and you've released unto us through your word power your apostle Paul said in Romans I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ for it is the power you've given us power in the name of Jesus oh at that name every knee must bow of things in heaven earth and under the earth You've given us the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, you said when we received the Spirit, that the, 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 the power would come upon us. So in the name of Jesus, the power of the Word of God that has been preached and the power of the Holy Ghost, we speak to fear now. And we say, fear, get your hands off of these people. Quit tormenting their minds. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Leave their thought life. Let them rest at night. I bind in the name of Jesus, according to the authority that Jesus released to us as a church in Matthew 16. He said, whatsoever we bind on earth is already bound in heaven. I bind you fear, and I say in the name of Jesus, get your hands off of every one of these people in Jesus' name. And I release the peace of God to come upon them and to settle upon their life. No matter what they're going through, no matter what they're facing. They don't have to do it in fear. They can do it in faith and see God's victory. Now take your time, just a moment, and worship God and thank God that it's a gone. Thank God that it's gone. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. It has to obey. It has to bow its knee. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.